0: Narli Studios presents. O oh Allah, forgive me. Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim. In Alhamdulillah, in Ahmedu, who wants to stay in, who wants him in Shururi and Fusina, women say, Yati Armalina. May Yahdihilah, who feller, Modilla. Women, <noise> you'll lil, who feller, Hadiella. What la ilah, illa law, who actahoo la sharikala. يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار Brothers and Sisters in Islam Every single one of us sitting here today commits acts of disobedience against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every day of his life. Day and night, all the time, with every single limb in our body, we fall into disobedience to the Creator. We go against the purpose of our existence. We show ingratitude to the one who has given us the very limbs by which we do these acts. And what is even worse than this is that we do not even care about these sins. We ignore them. We trivialize them. We don't even ponder over their consequences. It is as Anas ibn Malik رضي الله عنه, describes when he states to the tabi'un and the tabi'un were the best generation after the sahaba. When Anas ibn Malik told them that you are doing deeds in front of me. You consider them to be less consequential than your hair. In other words, he's saying you consider them to be of no great value. Yet were we to do these same acts during the time of the Prophet Wasallam, we would have considered them to be amongst the gravest sins that destroy us. And this is Anas ibn Malik talking to the Tabi'un, who are the best generation after the Sahaba. Imagine if he had seen us today in our times, what would he have said? And that is why the Prophet he compared these small sins to twigs, that a twig in and of itself cannot cause a fire, but when these twigs are gathered up together, then they can form a very fierce fire. Like the Prophet ﷺ said, those sins which you look down upon, those sins which you trivialize, whenever Allah calls you to account for them, or if ever Allah calls you to account for them, then these sins will destroy you. These are the sins that we do in our daily life. These are not the major sins. When a mu'min, a real mu'min, he does a major sin, it borders on his conscience continuously. He always thinks about it. How could I have done this? How could I have done this? We are talking now about the minor sins, the trivial sins, those that we don't even ponder over. We do day and night, left and right. We don't even think about them. Here in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that these small sins are like twigs. That when gathered together, they can form a fire. And if Allah ever does call you to account for them, then these small sins will be your destruction. Ibn Mas'ud he said that the mu'min, إِنَّ الْمُؤْمِنَ يَرَى ذُنُوبَهُ كَأَنَّهُ قَاعِدٌ تَحْتَ جَبَلٌ the real mu'min, he sees his sins as if he is sitting beneath a huge mountain. And he is scared that this mountain will fall upon him. This is the mountain of his sins that the believer sees. innal fajr And the evil person, he sees sins as some flies that fly by his face. He hits them with his hand and they go away. So this is the contrast that Ibn Mas'ud gave عنه, to the mu'min versus the fajir. The one who has iman and taqwa and khushyu' of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala versus one whose heart is devoid of these things. The one who has iman, even if the sins are small, he considers them to be big. Because you do not look at the sin, you look at the one whom you have sinned against. You do not see how trivial it might be, but you see how great and majestic is the one you have disobeyed. So the mu'min sees his sins in this perspective. And because of this, even though they might be trivial, And realize now that the mu'min, his sins will be far less than the fajr, the evil person. Yet the mu'min sees these few sins like a huge, tall, towering mountain. And he is scared that this mountain will collapse right on top of him. Whereas the fajr, even though he has more sins than the mu'min, he trivializes them. He ignores them. He does not ponder over the consequences of these sins, nor over the grandeur and the majesty of the one whom he has sinned against. Therefore he considers these sins to be like flies that irritate him He brushes his hand away, and the flies go away. So if this is the problem that all of us are facing, the problem that we all sin continually, day and night, left and right, with all of our bodies, all of our limbs, our minds, our thoughts, our souls, they all disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at some point in time. If this is the problem that all of us face, then what is the solution to this problem? How do we get rid of these sins? Like the Prophet said, in an authentic hadith in tirmidhi every single son of Adam is a sinner. Every son of Adam. We are not angels, we are human beings. This is the difference between us and the angels. Angels are sinless, they simply cannot disobey Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. But mankind, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has created him with the will, with a desire, with shahawat. Therefore, no man can ever become like an angel. In this life at least. In the akhirah, of course, we will not be able to sin. Those of us that enter Jannah, inshallah, we pray that Allah makes us amongst them. In the akhirah, we cannot sin. All we do is worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in this life, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam laid out a fundamental rule. Every single son of Adam is a sinner. And the best of sinners, wa khayrul khata'in. Aha, so there is the best of sinners. You can have a sinner who is more evil than other sinners. Not all sins are equivalent. And neither are all sinners equivalent. The best of sinners. So this is what we must aim to be. The best of sinners. khata'in at The best of sinners are those who perform tawbah, repentance. So this is the way out. This is the solution. This is the light at the end of the tunnel. This is what will save us, tawbah. When we repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of these sins. Therefore, not only is tawbah an option for us, it is in fact obligatory for us. In Allah's mercy, not only has He allowed us to perform tawbah, He has made it obligatory, wajib for every single Muslim to perform tawbah. As Allah says in the Quran, وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ And repent to Allah, all of you, O believers, جَمِيعًا all of you, if you really desire success. In another verse, Allah says, Ya ayyuhal amanu, O you who believe, pay attention, this verse is directed to me and you right now. Ya ayyuhal amanu, tubu ilallahi tawbatan nasuha. O you who believe, perform Toba to Allah, repent to Allah, a sincere Tawbah tawbatan nasuha. So in this ayah, Allah mentions to us that tawbah can be sincere and it can be insincere. And Allah wants us to be amongst those who perform Toba sincerely, tawbatan nasuha. Don't just perform Toba. Do it right. Do it properly. So the scholars state and there is unanimous consensus on this issue like, like Imam al-Nawwi says that tawbah is fard'ain on every single Muslim. Fard'ain on every single human being in fact. Obligatory. And that is why even the greatest prophets sought Allah's tawbah continually all the time. Therefore we find Adam alayhis our father, the father of all of mankind and the father of all of prophets. Adam alayhis as soon as he did the sin that he did, even Adam sinned, all of mankind will sin. As soon as he did the sin that he did, Allah says, فَتَلَقَىٰ آدَمُ مِن رَبِّهِ كَلِمَاتٍ فتاب Adam learned some phrases from his Lord. The phrase of, رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَا مِنَ Oh our Lord, we have wronged ourselves, we haven't wronged anyone else. No one else will be harmed because of these deeds except us. We are the ones that will reap what we sow. <laughs> if you do not have mercy on us, if you do not shower your blessings upon us, لَنَكُونَنَّ <laughs> We will be amongst those who are the losers. So as soon as Adam did the sin that he did, he repented, he performed tawbah. And Allah says, <laughs> Allah then accepted his repentance. نُوح عليه السلام the one whom Allah saved in the ship while all of mankind was drowned in the great storm. Nuh alayhi salam, he cries out on top of the ship, وَإِلَّمْ تَغْفِرْ لِي وَتَرْحَمْنِي أَكُمْ al الْخَاسِرِينَ Oh Allah, if you do not forgive me and have mercy on me, then I will be amongst those who are the losers. Ibrahim and Ismail, Ibrahim, the Khalilullah, Ismail, the great-grandfather of our Prophet Muhammad while they are building the most holy structure, the Kaaba, while they are putting the stones one on top of the other, what is the dua that they make? Rabbana waj'alna O Allah, make us those who submit ourselves to you. وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِنَا And of our progeny also, make a generation that submits itself to you. وَأَلِنَا مَنَاسِكَنَا Show us our rights of worship and accept our repentance. Even Ibrahim and Ismail, they realize that they are human beings, they realize that they need Allah's forgiveness, Allah's mercy, that they need to repent from their sins, and they need that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept that repentance. Musa, the one whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to, the one who was tried and tested with the children of Israel, Allah states, (laughs) فَلَمَّا أَفَاقَ قَالَ سُبْحَانَكَ تُبْتُ إِلَيْكَ when he awoke from the coma that Allah put him in, he said, Subhanaka ilayk, I have repented to you. Wa ana awwal and I am of the first of those who submit themselves to you. The Prophet Muhammad, the one whom Allah says in the Quran, min wa That Allah will forgive all of your sins, those that you have done and those that you will do. What does the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, state? He says, Wallahi, I swear by Allah. That of a surety, I ask Allah's forgiveness. I ask Allah's forgiveness and I repent every single day more than 100 times. Every single day. Subhanallah, do we even repent more than 100 times in a week, a month, a year? And here is the Prophet Muhammad. He says every day of his life, he repents. And he does istighfar more than a hundred times. And if this is the case with the khayru khalqillah, with the akram rusul, with the sayyid waladi adam, the leader of the children of adam, if this is his situation, if this is his case, then where do we stand in comparison to him huwa sallallahu alayhi wa No one can read the texts of the Quran and the sunnah except that he is overwhelmed by the vastness of Allah's mercy, by the greatness of his forgiveness. Who is there that can forgive sins except Allah? He is the one who forgives sins and accepts repentance. He is the one that accepts the tawbah of his servants and he forgives their sins. And the Prophet said, Innallah when Allah created the creation, he wrote with his own hand He wrote that this rule with his own hand will apply on him Inna rahmaty taghlibu ghadabi My mercy shall overcome my anger In another hadith the Prophet sallallahu said Inna Allaha ta'ala yabsuutu yadahu bil-layli li-yatuba nahar wa yabsuutu yadahu bin-nahar li-yatuba man That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he stretches forth his hand at night so that the un nahar the one who commits a sin during the day, can repent at night. And he stretches forth his hand during the day, so that the musi layl the one who commits a sin at night, can repent during the day. And he does this every day until the sun rises from the west. In other words, until the day of judgment. So every day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is busy forgiving sins. The sins of the night, He will forgive them the next day as if you ask forgiveness. And the sins of the day will be forgiven that very night, but only only those who stretch forth their hands and ask forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So great is the mercy of Allah. So vast is His rahmah and maghfira that the Prophet sallallahu said, Lo ya'lamu kafir if the kafir, if the person who did not even accept Islam nor acknowledge Allah as His creator or object of worship, if the kafir realized what Allah has of his Rahmah, then even he would not give up hope of entering Jannah. This is the Kafir, the one who does not have any hope, the one who will not be able to say a single word on the Day of Judgment because he did not worship Allah alone. The Prophet ﷺ said, if only this man, the Kafir, if only he knew the extent of Allah's mercy, then even he would hope and desire Jannah. In another text of the sunnah, the Prophet sallallahu tells us that when shaitan was told to leave Jannah, he made an oath, he swore to Allah. He said, Wa izzatika ya Rabb." He said, by your honor, O my Lord, shaitan is talking here, I will continue to try to misguide your servants as long as their souls remain in their bodies. This is a promise that Iblis, he made to Allah, that he swore by Allah's honor. That, O oh my Lord. And Iblis acknowledges Allah as his Lord. He only refuses to worship him. Iblis says, Allah is my Rabb. In fact, in another ayah, Iblis even said that I fear Allah. Inni أَخَافُ Rabb al But Iblis' kufr was the kufr of arrogance, where he refused to worship Allah because he thought he was better than Adam. So Iblis says, I swear by your honor and glory, O Allah, that I will continue to misguide your servants as long as their souls remain in their bodies. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded, wajalali By my honor and glory, I will continue to forgive them as long as they ask my forgiveness. So he is telling Iblis, do what you will. No matter how much astray they go, no matter how far they swerve from the true path, as long as they come back to it, as long as they ask my forgiveness, I will continue to forgive them. Allah Himself asks us in the Quran to repent. أَفَلَا يَتُوبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ Why do they not ask tawbah from Allah? Why do they not perform tawbah? وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَهُ Why do they not ask His forgiveness? وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Allah says in the Quran. فَإِنَّ tubu يَكُوْنُ خَيْرًا لَّهُمْ If they repent, it will be for their own good. فَإِنَّ يَتُوبُ خَيْرًا لَّهُمْ It is for your own good only. In another ayah, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says. Allah wishes to make things clear to you. وَيَهْدِيَكُمْ Sunan الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ And He wishes to guide you to the path of those before you. وَيَتُوبَ عَلَيْكُمْ And Allah wishes to accept your repentance. Allah wishes to accept your repentance. وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ Allah is the one who forgives and the one who is merciful. And then Allah says in the very next verse, وَاللَّهُ يُرِيدُ أَن يَتُوبَ عَلَيْكُمْ Emphasizing this fact, Allah indeed wishes to accept your repentance. Twice in the space of one ayah and the one after it. Allah is emphasizing over and over again that He wishes, He wants, to forgive us, but only if we ask for Allah's forgiveness. Not only does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ask us to repent, He in fact loves those who repent. Innallaha Realize that the one who repents, he must have done the sin in the first place. So you can rephrase this and state Allah loves the sinner when he repents. Because tawbah must come after the sin. So when a person commits a sin and then realizes that sin, acknowledges the sin, realizes the status, the grandeur, the majesty of the one against whom he has sinned, and then lowers his head, raises his hand forth, and cries out, Ya Rabb, ighfidli. Then this person has shown, he has proven that he himself is only a mortal. He himself cannot become sinless, but he has done something that he should not do. So he stretches forth his hand to his creator. He acknowledges that only Allah can forgive him. He acknowledges that Allah has the right to legislate and that he, this sinner, has disobeyed that legislation. When he acknowledges him in this manner, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves him because of this servitude. In another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu said, when one of you commits a sin and then does tawbah, Allah is more happy At this tawbah, and then he gave example. Then one of you who is in the desert, alone, with his camel that has his food and water on it, and when he goes to sleep, he wakes up to find his camel disappeared from him. Nowhere to be seen in the middle of the desert. So he faces the possibility of a severe death in front of him, and he goes to sleep once again. When he wakes up, he finds his camel there, with his food and water. So in his happiness, he cries out, O Allah, you are my servant and I am your Lord. In his happiness he cries out, he loses sense of his mind, because of this he is not accounted for that. His joy overtakes what he should do, what is the proper thing to say. So therefore he just comes forth, he blurts forth if you like, and he says, O oh Allah, you are my servant and I am your Lord. So he makes a statement of kufr, but he is forgiven because he temporarily loses control of what he says. So the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah is more happy than this person who finds his lost camel in the desert. He is more happy at the sinner who repents. That is how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the sinner who repents. Allah says in the Quran, Your rahma, Allah's rahma has overcome everything, has encompassed everything. rahmati wasi'at Allah says in the first person, My rahma encompasses every single object. rahmati wasi'at So vast is the mercy of Allah so great his capacity to forgive that to accuse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of not being able to forgive sins to believe that one is too sinful to be forgiven to state that Allah will not be able to forgive the sin of a sinner is in fact one of the greatest types of kufr and shirk because you are limiting the mercy of Allah you are claiming that your sins are greater than the mercy of Allah when a person comes forth, and this is so common, and he says, I am too sinful to be forgiven. أعوذ billah, Are you accusing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Are you accusing Allah's mercy of being less than your sins? One of the greatest sins is to give up hope of the mercy of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, "Akbarul kaba'ir the greatest of all sins is to do shirk with Allah and to feel safe from the plotting of Allah and to give up hope of the mercy of Allah, and to believe that the help of Allah will not arrive. These four things. These four things the Prophet ﷺ said, these are the greatest of all major sins. To commit shirk with Allah, and to feel safe from the plotting of Allah, meaning that you feel safe, Allah cannot harm you or hurt you. a'udhu billah. And to feel despair from the mercy of Allah, to give up hope. Allah cannot forgive me. This is the greatest sin that you can do. Far greater than the sins that you have given up hope of being forgiven for. Why? Because in that attitude, you have limited the limit of the unlimited. You have put a level on the infinite mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Therefore, this becomes a greater sin than all of your other sins combined. The Prophet Ibrahim is reported to have said in the Quran: "Who is there, who is there that can despair from the mercy of Allah, except those who are misguided?" And the Prophet Ya'qub a.s., he says, who is there that can give up hope of Allah's help except for the kafirun? Only the kafirun, these are the ones, those that have rejected Allah, they don't know who Allah is. Only these people can state that Allah cannot forgive them because they don't know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. But the Muslim, the one who believes in Allah, how can he dare accuse Allah of not being able to forgive him or any person that is a Muslim? Allah's mercy encompasses everything. Allah says in the Qur'an, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَا الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ O my servants, Allah is crying out in the Qur'an, O my servants, those that have transgressed against their own selves, those that have committed sins, La تَقْنَتُوا مِنْ Do not give up hope of the mercy of Allah. Do not despair of being forgiven. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذْنُوبَ Allah forgives every sin, all sins. يَغْفِرُ ذنوب جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Verily Allah is the Ghafur Rahim. لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رحمة الله. Do not give up hope of the mercy of Allah. Do not despair to have your sins forgiven. Allah says in this verse He can forgive every sin and this is the case. Even the sin of shirk, brothers and sisters, even the sin of shirk. The sin of shirk, as we know, is the one unforgivable sin. But only if someone dies not having performed tawbah from that shirk. Tawbah is so powerful, tawbah is so potent, that even the sin of shirk is forgiven only through tawbah. Therefore the mushrik, when he accepts Islam, which is the type of tawbah he has acknowledged that he was mistaken, and he accepts Islam, then his shirk is negated. So powerful is tawbah, that the only way to forgive, the only way to have the sin of shirk forgiven, is by accepting Islam once again, by repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then dying in that state. When a person dies as a Muslim, then if he committed shirk before he accepted Islam, then even that is forgiven. Therefore, in this verse, Allah says, "Inna Allah forgives all sins. Why? Because it is addressed to His servants. Say, O oh My servants, those that worship Me, those that have submitted themselves to Me, I can forgive all sins. In fact... The Prophet ﷺ told us that if we leave committing sins, if we become like angels, what will happen to us? The Prophet ﷺ told us that in that case, Allah would wipe us out of the face of this earth. He would wipe us off the face of this earth. If we became sinless, if we left every single sin, then Allah subhanahu wa taala would not want us anymore. Why? What did the Prophet say? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, nafsi I swear by Allah in whose hands is my soul. Were it not for the fact that you commit sins, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala would have taken you away, would have wiped you off. And He would have brought forth another generation. He would have brought forth another people. What are the characteristics of these people? يُذْنِبُونَ Sinners. But why? Why would Allah take us away if we leave sins? Why would Allah wipe us off the face of this earth if we become sinless? The Prophet ﷺ went on and he said he would bring forth another group of people, another generation, another society that are sinning. And then they will ask Allah's forgiveness. Then Allah will forgive them. In other words, Allah desires to forgive so when mankind leaves sins and leaves doing tawbah and leaves asking forgiveness, then Allah has no need for them. And he has no need for any of us in any time. But Allah loves to forgive. Therefore, the Prophet wasallam told us, if society were to become sinless, Allah would take them away and bring forth another society, another generation who would commit sins. But then what would they do after that? they would then ask Allah's forgiveness. They would turn to Allah. They would beseech Allah. They would raise their hands to Allah. Lower their heads to Allah. Show servitude to Allah. And because of this, Allah would love them. And because of this, He would forgive them. Is not Allah the ghafoor? Is He not the ghafar? Is He not the Rahim, the rahman, the ra'uf, the halim, the tawwab, the wadud? Have we ignored these names and attributes of Allah? One of the manifestations of these names of Allah is that we sin. How can Allah be al Ghafur and Al-Ghaffar, al Tawab and Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim unless there exist people like us, people who sin and then turn to Allah so that Allah's mercy can be exemplified, so that Allah's Tawbah, Allah's acceptance of Tawbah can be manifested. Our presence, the presence of a creation that is not sinless, the presence of a creation that disobeys, that goes against, that transgresses, the rights of Allah, is in fact a manifestation of the mercy of Allah. Because were it not for this mercy, we would not be forgiven for our sins. So there must be a society, society of humans and jinns, that have been given free will. And they occasionally or at all times disobey Allah. Why? So that of that society, there arise the best of them. Like the Prophet said, the best of sinners, the best of them, those that acknowledge that they are finite. Those that acknowledge that they are mortals, they are not angels. Those that acknowledge they cannot leave their sins. But there is a way out by acknowledging their sins, by repenting to Allah, by showing servitude to Allah, by showing regret at what they have done. This, my dear brothers and sisters, is the solution to the sinning that all of us do. Now that we know the importance of tawbah, what are some of the benefits that arise as a result of tawbah? In other words, what happens when we repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well many things happen. Firstly, the sin in and of itself is removed, completely, wiped out, erased. It does not exist at all. The Prophet said, la The one who repents from his sin is just like the one who does not have any sin. And this is in contrast to when one of us forgives. You know the famous expression, forgive but not forget. This is what mankind is. He might be able to forgive, but he can never forget. He will always bear a small scar, a wound on his heart because of a wrong that was inflicted upon him, even if he forgives. This is in contrast to the Attawab, tawwab the Ghafoor, the Ghaffar, the Rahman. When he forgives, he forgives completely. Not a trace is left. The one who performs Tawbah after doing the sin, is just like the one who has never done the sin. This is what the Prophet ﷺ said. The second thing that tawbah does, is that, and pay attention here, this is amazing, is that it replaces that sin with a good deed. So instead of coming on the day of judgment, with some evil aspect on your left hand side of the scale, on the contrary, the mu'min who performs tawbah will find that same sin on the right-hand side of the scale as a good deed. The very sin that he has done will be transformed into an act of good and be rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is not Allah the Rahman? How can he not be the Rahman when he substitutes evil with good? When instead of punishing, he rewards based upon that sin that a person does, but only the sinner who performs tawbah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ Except for the one who repents and believes and does good deeds, فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ These people, Allah will exchange, substitute, replace the evil that they have done with حَسَنَات. Their سَيِّئَات will be transformed into Hasanat. Is not Allah the wadud? Is He not the Rahman, the Ghaffar, the Tawab? How can he not be when he rewards those servants of his that have sinned against him when they perform tawbah? It is because of this that the Prophet ﷺ said, and when he said this, he smiled. He said that indeed, a group of people will come on the Day of Judgment and they will hope that they had committed more sins that they have done in this life. Can you believe this? A group of people will come. Not everybody, no. Only a small select group of people. They will come and they will wish that they had performed more evil, more sins, disobeyed Allah more. Who are these people? The Prophet ﷺ said, those people whom Allah exchanged their evil for their good. Those mu'mins, they have reached the height of iman. The best of sinners, like the Prophet ﷺ said. The best of sinners. They will come forth on the day of judgment and they will in fact wish they will regret that they had not done more sins. Because they see for themselves every single sin that they have done be transformed into a hasanat and be transferred from the left-hand side of the scale to the right-hand side of the scale. And when they see this, they will regret that, oh my God, I wish I had done more sins so that I could get more hasanat. But only those who perform tawbah. As for the sinners, then of course, as Allah says in the Quran, they would wish that they be transformed into dust. They would wish that they had never been created. They would wish they can come back to this earth and do good deeds once again because they have not performed the tawbah that was necessary to transform the evil into the good. But the true mu'min, because of his tawbah, he will see the effects of his sins as good and therefore he will wish and desire that he had yet more sins on this day so that these sins could also have been transferred into hasanat. Yet another aspect of Tawbah, another blessing that happens when a person performs Tawbah, is that Allah blesses him in this world. A person came to al Hassan al-Basri and he said, al Hassan al-Basri as you know is a very famous alim, scholar of the Tabi'un, student of the Sahaba, one of the most famous worshippers, scholars, ascetics ever to have appeared. He came to al Hassan al-Basri and he said, Oh, Hassan al-Basri, I am suffering from a drought for where I come from. What should I do? al Hassan said, perform Tawbah. Another one came after a while, and he said, I suffer from poverty, what should I do? So Al-Hasan al-Basri said, perform tawbah. After a while, a third person came, and he said, my wife and I can't have children, what should I do? So he said, perform tawbah. At hearing this, his students asked him, Oh, Hassan, three different people came to you with different problems, but you all told them to perform tawbah. What is the the thing that combines all of these three things with tawbah? Al-Hasan replied, I did not speak from my own desires. Have you not read in the Qur'an what Nuh told his people? فَقُلْتُ اسْتَغْفِرُ I told them, Nuh is speaking in the Qur'an, I told them, seek forgiveness from your Lord. إِنَّهُ كَانَ He is ever forgiving, He always forgives. يُرْسِلِ السَّمَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ He continually, if you do tauba, He will continually send rain upon you. وَيُمْدِدْكُمْ بِأَمْوَالٍ And He will increase your money And your children. وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ جَنَّاتِ And He will give you gardens. وَيَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ أَنْهَارَ And He will give you rivers. I did not speak for my own desires. When you perform tawbah, when you perform istighfar, Allah will send rain upon you continuously. He will increase your money. He will increase your property. He will grant you more children. And He will give you jannat and anhar in this world. So tawbah brings about the blessings of Allah. Tawbah brings about an increase in wealth an increase in family, an increase in status and respect. The sinner who acknowledges his sin is in fact the one whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows his blessings to in this world and in the hereafter. Yet another blessing and benefit of tawbah is that tawbah is the only way that we can enter Jannah. All of us are sinners, but we have to be of the best of sinners. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ except the one who repents, وَآمَنَ and believes, وعمِلَ صَالِحًا and does good. فَأُولَٰئِكَ These are the ones يَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةِ They will enter Jannah. If you desire Jannah, the only path to achieve it is through Tawbah. These are some of the benefits and blessings of Tawbah. It removes the sin, it replaces it with a good deed, it brings about every type of blessing in this world and it is a path to Jannah. Now that we have discussed the importance and the status of tawbah, what are the conditions? How does one perform tawbah? Well, this is a long topic in and of itself, but we'll briefly summarize the conditions so that we can perform tan nasuha, a true tawbah like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to perform and not just any tawbah. As Allah says in the Quran, توبوا إلا tawbah tan nasuha, repent to Allah a sincere repentance. So Allah wishes and desires us to repent in a perfect manner. The scholars have stated, that a true tawbah, a tawbah nasuha, has a number of conditions to it. Firstly, ikhlas. That we repent for the sake of Allah. We do not repent because we have been caught in the act. We do not repent because someone has seen us. No. We repent for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Secondly, we recognize that we have sinned. Admit that we have sinned. If we don't admit the sin, if we try to ignore it or trivialize it, or even worse, justify it, then how can we repent? And it is because of this reason that the Prophet ﷺ said that the person of bid'ah, Allah will never accept his repentance. The meaning of this hadith is that the person who is doing a bid'ah, he is doing an innovation, he does not realize that what he is doing is wrong. The ones who transgress the Sharia and they add or they subtract things from the Sharia, then they play with the text of Allah, they play with the Quran and Sunnah, they play with the religion of Allah and they think that they are doing good in this. Therefore, because they think they are doing good, they never repent, they will never be forgiven. So we have to recognize the sin. Thirdly, this recognition should instill in our hearts a feeling of guilt. Without feeling guilty, there is no tawbah. The Prophet ﷺ said, An-nadamu Feeling guilty is tawbah. In other words, if you don't feel guilty, you have not committed tawbah. You have not done tawbah. True tawbah must bring about guilt. Fourthly, we should immediately repent to Allah. Immediately. As soon as we commit the sin, just like the prophets before us, Adam Salam, Musa, whoever, immediately they commit something they should not have done, immediately they perform tawbah. This is a part of perfection of tawbah. However, if a person is guided to Islam later on in life, if he wasn't practicing, this does not mean that the previous sins that he has done years ago will not be forgiven. No. We are stating that to perform a perfect tawbah, the repentance must be immediate. And to repent on one's deathbed is not acceptable to Allah. To repent when one sees the angel of death, or when the sun rises from the west when the day of judgment has arrived, then this too is late. Allah says in the Quran, Inna lil-ladina yamaluna that a tawbah that Allah accepts is with those people who do sins in ignorance, then they repent immediately. Min quickly. The Prophet ﷺ said, as long as one repents before the soul is taken out of the body, and before the sun rises from the west, then this is min qarib this is immediate. But how many of us know when our death will come? Therefore, repentance should be immediate after the sin. Fifthly, we should intend to stop the sin. Tawbah, in which a person knows that he will continue the sin, is not a true tawbah, nasuha. We must make a sincere intention, a desire in our hearts, that we will leave this sin that we have done if we backbit someone, if we did whatever we did, we stole some money, or we drank something we shouldn't, or ate something we shouldn't eat, immediately, we should have the intention in our hearts to stop this sin. I will not return to this deed. If we don't have this intention, then this is like a play or a mockery. When someone steals your money, and then says, oh I'm sorry for stealing your money, but in your heart he desires to steal yet more money, and he is just waiting for the opportunity to steal yet more money, then this is not true repentance. Sixthly, after we intend to stop the sin and we realize that we have committed and transgressed against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, committed a sin, this will lead us to do more good deeds. Once we realize that we have distanced ourselves from Allah, automatically we will try to come closer to Allah. How does one come closer to Allah? By performing hasanat, good deeds. As Allah says in the Quran, Innal Hasanati yuzhibna Good deeds remove evil deeds. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, Ya Rasulullah, I have kissed a woman who was not lawful for me to kiss. So inflict the punishment of Allah upon me. Do what you will. I am now willing to accept the punishment of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ turned away from him. The man did this four times and the Prophet ﷺ did not even respond to him. Then the time for prayer came. The adhan was called. They stood up to pray. And the man thinking that he had done a sin that was very grave and evil. And indeed it is a grave sin to kiss a girl that it is not permissible to kiss. He thought that he had done so grave of a sin, the Prophet ﷺ would not talk to him. So he left with his shoulders drooping, feeling guilty and sorrowful. When the Prophet ﷺ saw him leave, he called him back. And he said, Did you not pray with us right now? The man said, Yes, I did. So the Prophet ﷺ then said, Do you not know that Allah says in the Qur'an, 'Inna Hasanati Doing good removes the evil. When you do the hasanat, they remove the Sayyat. So the man realized that he had been forgiven. So he cried out in joy, Ya Rasulullah, is this only for me? Or is this for all of mankind? The Prophet ﷺ said, no, this is for all of mankind. For all of mankind. Whenever we do an evil, we should follow that up with a good deed. In one hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, when you do an evil, follow it up with good. When you do an evil, When you do an evil, say that al تَمْحُوَ When you do an evil, follow it up with a good so that it wipes it away. So this is yet another aspect of a true repentance that whatever evil we do, we should then do something good in order to expiate that evil. Seventhly, we should not publicize that sin. If we have done something that we should not do, we should leave it between us and Allah. We should not go and tell other people about it. Why? Because this shows a lack of haya, modesty. And like the Prophet ﷺ said, al min al-īman, modesty is a part of faith. And this is unfortunately very common, especially amongst our youth, that they will boast about the sins that they have done. Oh, I met this girl this night. Oh, I went here this night. Oh, I did this this night. Realize that when a person does this, he shows beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is not even ashamed or embarrassed that he has disobeyed Allah. Rather, he is boastful about it, arrogant. And this is a sign of a very, very, very weak iman. The Prophet ﷺ said, Kullu mu'af, All of my ummah will be forgiven illa almujahirun, except those who publicize their sins. The Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, how does one publicize his sins? So the Prophet ﷺ responded, He is the one who does his sin at night. And Allah covers him with the darkness of the night. And then when the sun comes up, he goes around telling the people, Yesterday I did this, yesterday I did that. So he has no regret, no guilt. Rather, he is boasting to others about his sins. If you have sinned, then keep it between you and Allah. Don't tell other people about it. Unless the scholars have one exception, that a person completely repents and he desires to guide other people. So he tells them that, look, I was involved with this sin and I can tell you the evil consequences of this sin. In this case, he is not boasting about it. Rather, he is warning other people. For example, the drinker or the smoker. If he has repented, He can then, if he finds someone else that he believes will benefit, he can then advise him, look, I too was a smoker. I too did this sin. And these were the consequences that I faced. These are the problems that happened to me. So in this case, it is allowed because this is not publicizing. Rather, you are giving nasiha or sincere advice to the one who deserves to hear it. Lastly, if the sin involved taking the rights of other people, then these rights must be returned. There are two types of sins. Sinning that is between you and Allah. For example, a person drinks some wine this is between him and allah no one else's right was transgressed or he looks at something he should not look at or he goes somewhere he should not go this is between him and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the second type of sin is when he has transgressed the rights of another human being he stole some money he spoke evil about someone behind his back riba namima these type of sins the person who has committed them must ask forgiveness from allah and from the one whom he has transgressed. So if someone stole another person's money, then he should try his best to return that money to him. If he backbeat about someone, he should then go and praise that same person in those same gatherings that he was backbitten in. Whatever, he should go back and return the rights that were transgressed against. Because this too is a perfection of one's tawbah. These are the eight conditions that the scholars have laid down for at-taubat al-nasuha, the perfect or the sincere repentance. It is important brothers and sisters before we conclude to avoid the two extremes with regards to tawbah. The first extreme is that a person feels that he is too sinful to be forgiven. He feels he has committed so many sins in his life he has never worshipped Allah never prayed, never fasted he feels what the heck there's no point let me just continue in this way and face my punishment Allah will never forgive me. Realize that this attitude of his is worse than any and all sins that he might have done until that point in time. Because it is a type of kufr, blasphemy, accusing Allah's mercy of being smaller than your sins. Who are you to limit Allah's mercy? What are your sins in comparison to the mercy of Allah? This is the first extreme. And this is unfortunately very common amongst the impious, the, the non-practicing Muslims. Oh, I am too sinful. Make dua for me that Allah forgives me. I'm just too sinful. I, I, there's no point in me doing it. a'udhu billah Are you limiting the mercy of Allah? Are you accusing Allah of being miserly, of not having enough mercy for you? Who are you? Allah created you and everything around you. Are you limiting the mercy of Allah with your own meager sins? No. This sin in and of itself is worse than all of the sins that you have done of accusing Allah of not being able to forgive you. This is the one extreme. The other extreme is to take the Ghafoor's Maghfira and the Rahman's Rahmah for granted. Oh, Allah is Rahman. He will forgive me. Allah is Ghafoor, the Wadud. He trivializes the names and attributes of Allah. Oh, I, yes, I am a sinner, but I know Allah will forgive me. This attitude falls into what the Prophet ﷺ said to feel safe from the plotting of Allah. You feel safe from Allah's punishment. Oh, Allah will not forgive me. Once again, who are you to state anything about Allah? This very attitude in and of itself is an act of foolishness, is an act of arrogance, and it shows a weakness of iman. This is the other extreme, to trivialize the sins and to take Allah's mercy for granted, the tawbah for granted. Unless and until you perform tawbah, Allah will not forgive you. Do not expect to commit doing your sins and then when death comes to you, you say, oh Allah is ghafoor and ghaffar. No, like the Prophet ﷺ said, repentance on the deathbed, repentance when the soul is taken out of the body is of no use. At this point in time, Allah does not want your tawbah. He wants your tawbah when you are fit, when you have committed the sin and you are in your senses, you realize that you have disobeyed Allah. In one hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, "Is a slightly weak hadith, the fool is the one who follows his desires, who does everything that he wishes to do and yet expects the best from Allah. This is the fool. This is not a wise person. The wise person is he who controls himself. He who keeps himself in limit and constraint, checks himself, and fears Allah's punishment, and desires his mercy and rahmah. This is the wise man. But the fool is one. He does whatever he wants, and yet he expects the best from Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is also important, brothers and sisters, that we do not lose heart if we continue to sin. This is one of the greatest plots of shaitan. A person, he performs toba. He feels guilty, really and truly, about a sin that he was guilty of doing. For example, drinking, or drugs, or women, whatever. He feels the guilt. He really and truly desires to repent. And he does repent. Then, after a few days, a few weeks, a few months, even a few years maybe, he returns to that very sin. Once again, a slight tawbah comes, and he relieves it again. Then he returns once again after a period of time. Three, four, five times it happens and then he says, okay, that's it. I give up. I throw in the towel. Forget it. I just can never become perfect again. And then he embraces that sin wholeheartedly, leaving toba completely. Here, Shaytan has succeeded. Let me ask you a question. When a child trips for the first time when he's learning to walk, does he remain lying on the floor for the rest of his life? No. He stands up and he walks yet again. What happens when he falls for the second time? Once again, he stands up and he takes the next step forward. Even when he perfects the art of walking. When one of you trips, what does he do? Does he think, oh my God, here we go all over again? No. He brushes the dust off of himself. He stands up once again proud and high and he walks forward. And if it so happens that he trips again after 10 steps, he'll stand up once again because he knows. He knows that this is something temporary. So too is tawbah. When you do tawbah, it is the intention of not returning to the sin. If it so happens that you do return, no problem. Do Toba once again. You are not going to become perfect. We are not going to become angels. Yes, we aim for perfection, but we learn to live with imperfection. We desire to be perfect. We desire to be sinless, of course. But don't let sins come in the way. Aim for perfection, but accept excellence and accept imperfection if it exists. The point is when you commit a sin, just have a sincere intention. Oh Allah, I will not return to this sin again. If it so happens that at a later point in time, shaitan causes you to slip into that sin, immediately come to your senses, brush off that sin with tawbah, stand up once again and move on with your life. With a sincere intention never to return to that sin again. And if it happens again, same thing. Again, the same thing. Over and over again, a million times the same thing. You are not going to become perfect. But you can every time you fall, stand up again. You can every time you commit a sin, perform tawbah. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. The Prophet ﷺ narrates the case of a man who commits a sin. So he lowers his head and says, Ya Rab ighfirli Oh Allah, forgive me. Then he commits a sin again. Allah says, I have forgiven you. Then he commits a sin again. And he says, Oh my lord, I have sinned. Adnebdudemban Falfili. Oh my Lord, I have committed another sin, so forgive me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I have forgiven him again. Then he commits the sin again, and again, and again. And the man keeps on saying, Ya Rabbi, adnab to them ban O oh my Lord, I have committed a sin, so forgive me. So after a few times, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, This servant of mine realizes that he has a Lord who forgives sins. Therefore bear witness, O angels, that I have forgiven all of his sins. The ones that he has done and the ones that he will do. It is this servitude that Allah wants in us. We are not going to become angels. Allah wishes to see in us this servitude, this acknowledgement. O oh Allah, I have done wrong. I have wronged myself. I have disobeyed you. O oh Allah, you are the only forgiver of sins. O oh Allah, if you do not forgive me, there is no one that can forgive me. O oh Allah, O Ghafoor, O Ghaffar, O Rahman, O oh Rahim, O oh Wadood. You are the tawab. You are the one who continually accepts my Toba. What is the meaning of Tawwab? Do you know this? Why is Allah called a It is we who do the Tawbah, but it is Allah who accepts the Tawbah. The meaning of Tawwab means He continually accepts Tawbah. Continually. It is not that you will leave sinning. It is that you will continually take recourse to Tawbah. This is what Allah desires from us. Always to turn to Tawbah. So don't lose heart, O Muslim, if you fall into the very sin that you hate so much. Try your best not to fall into it. And there are ways and means of doing that which are beyond the scope of this talk. Changing your friends, avoiding the places that you fall into this sin, making sure that you're conscious of Allah, whatever. There are ways and means of doing that. But if it so happens that shaitan causes you to slip, then don't lose heart. Stand up once again. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and realize and have iman and yaqeen that only Allah is ghafirul dhanbi qabirul Only Allah is the one who forgives sins and accepts your repentance. Anas ibn Malik anh, narrates that the Prophet wasallam, said that Allah subhanahu wa Ta'ala said this hadith Qudsi O son of Adam as long as you call out to me and expect the best of me I will forgive you no matter what you do and I will not care about your sins O son of Adam if your sins reach the clouds in the skies then you ask my forgiveness I will forgive you and I will not care about your sins O son of Adam if you come to me with an earth full of sins, but you meet me not having committed shirk with me, then I will come to you with an earth full of forgiveness. O oh, brothers and sisters, all we have to do is cry out to Allah, Ya Rabbi, aznabtu dhanban faghfirli. I conclude this talk with one hadith, the famous hadith, the hadith in najwa it's called that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, that the Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come close to the mu'min. He will come close to the mu'min and he will cover him up on the day of judgment. And he will bring forth his sins and he will ask him, do you remember this sin? And he will say, yes, my Lord, I remember it and I did it. And he will ask him, do you remember this sin? And he will say, yes, my Lord, I remember it and I did it. And he will continue to remind this person of every sin that he has done until This person believes that he has been destroyed. Then Allah will tell him, I have covered these sins from you in this world. In other words, other people did not see them. And today, I will forgive them of you. All of these sins, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive this person. But he is the mu'min. He is the servant of Allah. He is the best of sinners. Those who perform tawbah. This person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will remind him of his sins but cover him up. No one else will see these sins. And when he feels that regret and remorse, just like he feels them in this world, when he feels it in the Akhirah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him that in this world I covered them up from other people, no one else knew of them, and so today I will forgive them. O servants of Allah, realize that there is no one that can forgive sins except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once you realize this, then, this is your hope of salvation turning to Allah, lowering your head to Allah, falling down in Sajda to Allah, acknowledging that you have sinned against the commandments of Allah, and saying, Ya Rabbi, aznabtu dhamban, faghfirli. Subhanakallahumma Allahumma, wa la ilaha anta wa atubu Thank you for listening to this presentation. Please visit our website at www.chinarleaf.com. That's www.chinarleaf.com For these and other great titles Parents, the middle gate of Jannah
1: Abu Hanifa, he used to take his mother To a sheikh, his name is Amr ibn Dharr So she can ask her question to Amr ibn Dharr Amr ibn Dharr looked to Abu Hanifa and said You asking me? He said, my mom asked me to ask you then Amr ibn Thar will ask Abu Hanifa, I don't know, what's the answer? Then Abu Hanifa will tell the answer to Amr ibn Thar. then Amr ibn Thar will tell the answer to Abu Hanifa's mom. He never said to his mother, Hey, I'm the one who answering all the time, so let me give you the answer straight. No, no, he didn't. He kept doing what will please his mother. It is Birrul Walidain, and the word Birr, It means in Arabic, all good is due to your parents.
0: Death is near. So what's holding you back?
2: I will give you a personal example of how close death is. Do any of you remember the plane crash of Egypt air when it fell after leaving New York? I was on that plane coming from Cairo to New York the previous night. Death is near. And therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The truth and the reality of death come together. The pain and the stopper of death, when it arrives, you realize the truth and reality at that moment. Maut bil It comes to you, and you realize everything that was around you.
0: Famous Qadis, Greatest Hits, Volume 1.
2: Bismillah <laughs> ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Al-Islam be Tanzeerul Kitab al-A'imah fi Rabbil Al-A'imah Am Yaboon after Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Can you cartil fee severe in Lahi Ladina? Yes, moon and hayat at Dunya Bill Afira. Woman, you cartil fee severe <Sessimic> in Lahi Fayotel O Yahoo refers to Being a
0: slave of Allah.
2: My brothers and sisters, let us be slaves of Allah. I leave you with one final hadith. And if you understand this hadith, it is enough. Al Muslim, man salima al Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadih. Wal mu'min, man amina hun nasu ala amwalihim wa anfusihim. Wal muhajir. من هجر ما الله عنه. وَالْمُجَاهِدْ مَنْ جَاهَدَ نَفْسَهُ عَلَى تَرْقِ مَعَاصِ اللَّهِ Learn this hadith. Live it, for it is the key to understanding your relationship as a slave to your master and your lord, Allah
1: Jalla wa'ala.
0: The Journey of the believer,
1: there is none of us has doubt about death. Everybody know that he's going to die. The problem: nobody act as if he's going to die. Brothers and sisters, in these hard moments, in these moments, the most difficult moments in your life, and the last moments of your life, if. You are among those whom we are talking about today, the believer. This moment will be different. This experience will be totally different. When the death comes to the believer, it is a different story.
0: Johnny.